All right, First Chronicles chapter 29. Let me make mention of our kind of our main text for our series that we're in, which is Galatians 3:13. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is everyone that hangeth on a tree, that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Everybody say, through faith. faith. We've been talking about blessings and curses, and we've had a, a number of messages to encourage us to live in the blessings and get out of the curses. Can you say amen? And God has made a provision for us to be a blessed people. When we don't know the Lord, when we're unsaved, when we're out of the family of God, we're under a curse because of sin. Sin separates us from God. But through Jesus Christ, the curse is broken. Amen? Through the blood of Jesus, that curse is broken. And the problems that we see in society today are a result of the curse. There are generational curses. There are many curses on people's lives because of uh, the, the lack of relationship with God. And even people who have established a relationship with God, if they don't know their rights and privileges and what God's done for them in Christ, can also live under that curse. And I'll tell you, I don't want any of us to live under the curse. Amen? I want you to be blessed, praise God. And God wants you to be blessed. And He wants your family to be blessed. And He wants our community to be blessed. And He wants our nation to be blessed. And He not only wants us to be blessed, it's nice to be blessed, but He also wants us to be a blessing. We talk about the blessing of Abraham. God says, I will bless you and make you a blessing. Praise God. And really, you can't be blessed if you're not a blessing because you become like the Dead Sea. You have to let things come out of you in order to really flow in God. God is, God is love. God is giving. And if we're not flowing in giving blessings, we won't, we won't be receiving them for very long. <laughs> Can you say amen? amen? But he says that you might receive the promise of the Spirit by faith. And uh, that kind of ties in with what I want to talk about today. But let's read our text here, first of all, in uh, 1 Chronicles chapter 29. And uh, we'll read verses, well, let's read verses 18 and 19. O Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, our fathers, keep this forever in the imagination of the thoughts of the heart of thy people and prepare their heart unto thee and give unto Solomon my son a perfect heart to keep thy commandments thy testimonies and thy statutes and to do all these things and to build the palace for the which I have made provision I want to call this message today harnessing your imagination for blessing harnessing your imagination for blessings. Now, this scripture that I just read is a final prayer that David prayed to God before he left the office of the king of Israel and before he turned over the reins of the nation to his son Solomon. And as you probably know, you know, David had a heart to build a temple for God. He wanted to build a great temple for the Lord. And as he 
prayed about it and talked about it. First of all, he was talking to the prophet and he says, you know, I'm going to build a temple. And the prophet says, go for it. But he walked away and, and the Lord says, don't tell David not to build a temple. He's not to build a temple for me. And uh, so David was not allowed to build a temple for the Lord. Solomon had to build the temple because of David's uh, bloody reign and different things. God did not allow David to build the temple. But God did allow David to prepare for the temple. To prepare for the building of the temple of God. And earlier in this chapter, and you can take time you know, later this week to read this portion of Scripture. We won't take time to read the whole chapter. But earlier in this chapter, David talked about the things that he contributed towards you know, the building of the temple. And there was gold, and there was silver. There was silver to put on the walls, and gold for the vessels, and different things. He says that, that he brought in preparation for the building of the temple. And then David, as David shared this, and he was an example to the people, then the people began to bring a tremendous blessing together for the purpose of the building of the temple of God. And so when David prayed, he says, Lord, let this remain in the imagination of the hearts of the people. He was talking about the spirit of liberality, the spirit of victory, the stirring. You know, the Bible said that they they rejoiced greatly when they brought these offerings. They were so happy to serve God. And there was such a spirit about the whole thing. David says, let this remain in the imagination of the hearts of the people. Because David knew that if that spirit continued in the people, if they had that type of imagination in their hearts, that that temple would be built and God's people would be blessed and God's work would be done. Can you say amen? And you see, it's very important what's in the imagination of our hearts. Many times, you know, we sort of downplay the imagination. You know, you might, might have heard the phrase, well, that's just your imagination. It's sort of an unimportant thing. It's just your imagination. It's not reality. A definition of imagination is the formation of a mental image of something that's neither perceived as real nor present to the senses. So the imagination is something that's going on on the inside rather than on the outside. But how many know the imagination is a very, very powerful tool? The light bulb was invented because of somebody's imagination. Imagination is key to creativity, to releasing creative ability. Every building that was built came out of someone's imagination. Frank Lloyd Wright developed his imagination to create very unique buildings and and other architects. These things that are produced in the earth come forth from imagination. Buildings that are built, you know, inventions that are invented, and organizations that are developed and become great and do something and accomplish something is because of imagination. The United States is here because someone imagined it to be here first. You see? And it became an imagination that that began to uh, envelop not just the heart of one person, but a group of people. And that's what happens in an organization is that, that hearts become united 
in a purpose, in a vision, and the imagination of the hearts of the people become united. And God wants to give His people a vision in the imagination of their hearts. And we need to understand, you know, the Bible talks about the imagination, how powerful it is. When I read that definition there about something that is neither perceived as real nor present to the senses. Listen to um, the, uh, the Bible, what the Bible says in the book of Hebrews chapter 11 verse 1 in the Amplified. It says, now faith is the assurance, the confirmation, the title deed of the things that we hope for being the proof of things that we do not see and the conviction of their reality, faith perceiving as real fact what is not revealed to the senses. Faith perceiving as real fact what is not perceived to the senses. So then faith involves an imagination, an imagination of the heart. You see, and we need to leave aside that connotation of Imagination being something superfluous or unimportant. Imagination is that creative nature inside of you. And so faith is that creative nature inside of your heart being filled with something. And that something is the Word of God. Because the Bible said, Faith is, or faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. So the only thing that can put the God kind of faith in you is God's Word. And as we program our heart and we program our minds with God's Word, we become filled with truth and we become filled with a reality that may differ from what's going on outside in the circumstances of our life, but it is nonetheless real in the realm of the Spirit. And so we're going to talk today about harnessing that imagination for blessings. Because see, if your imagination is filled with negative things in line with what Satan wants to do in your life, then out of your heart will not be produced the things of God, but the negative things that Satan wants to produce. For example, if the imagination of your heart, in the imagination of your heart you see yourself poor and destitute and never getting ahead then that's what's going to be reproduced in your life. That's called a poverty spirit. If you see, uh, another example is, if you see inside of yourself, the image that you have in your imagination, that you see of yourself, is one of a hopeless sinner, someone who never overcomes uh, in the struggles uh, against sin, who's never victorious, who's just a poor old hopeless sinner, well, how many know that's what's going to reproduce in your life? You then need to develop inside of you a consciousness of righteousness that lines up with God's Word. You know, God's Word says that if you've been born again, you've received Jesus, you've been given a gift of righteousness. And you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. So the image then that we ought to have inside of us then is one of righteousness. And if we do have an image inside of us of righteousness, then that righteousness that's inside of us will produce outward holiness. Is this making sense? It's so important what's inside of us because that's what's going to be reproduced outside of us in the external of our life. And the imagination then can be, you know, the imagination's neutral. 
It can be good or evil. Turn over in your Bible to Genesis chapter 11 now. Find 11. Just hold your place there and let's go over to 6 for a second first. As I mentioned, evil imagination. Turn to Genesis 6 and verse 5. And God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. God looked at the earth and he saw people doing nasty things. And that inside of them, the imagination of their heart was only evil continually. He knew there's not much hope for this situation. That's why the flood came. And he began to deal with a righteous strain of people family of people and through Noah. But you see, what's on the inside will be reproduced outwardly. And God saw that the, that the imagination of their heart was on evil continually. That's what Satan's trying to do in society today. That's the purpose of pornography. Some fellow that's down here has him a porno shop. His purpose is to make money, but he doesn't know he's serving Satan's purpose, which is to foul up the imagination of the hearts of people that they might have an imagination that is negative and evil. And so God wants to fill our imagination with his righteousness. Satan wants to fill our imagination with his lust and sin. Can I have an amen? Amen. Now while we're in Genesis, turn to the 11th chapter. And it says... Well, let's go back to verse 4. And they said, Go to, let us build us a city and a tower, whose top may reach into heaven, and let us make a name. Let us make us a name. (laughs) And lest we be scattered abroad upon the face of the whole earth. And the Lord came down to see the city and the tower which the children of men builded. And the Lord said, Behold, the people is one and they have all one language and this they begin to do and now nothing will be restrained from them which they have imagined to do verse 7 go to let us go down (laughs) and there confound their language that they may not understand one another's speech the power of the imagination of this people was so great And their unity around what they had imagined to do was so powerful that in order for God to stop it, he had to confuse their languages and give them all different languages. And that's why we have all the different languages of the world we have today. Because before that time, they were all one language. Because God didn't want them to do what they had imagined to do. But the power of imagination was so great within them that they would have done it. And God said, the only way we can stop it is to confound their language. And so that's what we're going to do. Now, the point is, if this ungodly people 
with an ungodly purpose can come together and unite in their imagination for a purpose, what would happen if a people that are under God and under the Lordship of Jesus Christ and under His will and under His purposes and having their imaginations focused upon the Word of God and the leading of the Holy Spirit, what would happen if that group of people comes together and unites in their imagination for a purpose of God? What is the limit of that power? It's endless. It's unlimited. I shared a message the other day called Consider the Possibilities on Wednesday night about the possibilities for our church. And basically, the, the long and the short of it was that there's no end to the possibilities for our church. Why? Because we're so great? No, if we just, if we just yield to God and His greatness. Amen. Amen? It's the greatness of God. All things are possible with God. To him that believeth, all things are possible to him that believeth. God is able to do exceeding abundantly above uh, all that we can ask or think. I can ask or think a lot. He's able to do way beyond it. He's able to do exceeding abundantly above all that I can ask or think. According to what? I didn't finish that verse. According to the power that worketh in us. We need to understand that God works through people. God works through His church. God works through faith. And when you've got united faith, you have power. If any two of you shall agree as touching anything, it shall be done unto them of my Father. Harnessing the imagination for blessings. Rejecting those imaginations that are contrary to the will of God for your life. Pulling down, the Bible says in 2 Corinthians, strongholds and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Too many Christians, too many of us are running around with a negative image. We're running around with thoughts in our mind that are contrary to what God says about us. In fact, we're running around with thoughts in our minds that are contrary to what God says about Himself. We shared in one of the messages about the, the fellow that, you know, God gave talents to everybody, you know, to a group of people, to ten people. And he talked, Jesus talked about how one of them came back and the, the one talent had gained ten. Another fellow came back to the, to the, uh, to the nobleman and said that your talent has gained five. Another fellow came back with his talent. He says, here's your talent. I I laid it in a napkin and I buried it in the ground. He says, because I knew you were an austere man. And we studied that and we found out that austere means dried up. And some people think God is an old dried up prune that doesn't want to bless anybody. But the Bible says that it's his, your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. See, if you want to have faith in God, you have to see him as he really is. He's a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. Amen? But many people live with a spirit of rejection and defeat and discourage and hopelessness because this is what Satan is feeding into their spirits. Amen? Satan is feeding negative imagery into people's spirits to make them defeated, to make them discouraged, to make them hopelessness. I mean, have you ever been just going about minding your own business and then all of a sudden be hit by fear over a situation? 
Oh, what's so-and-so going to think about this? And what are they going to say? And what's going to happen in this situation? And your mind begins to conceive all this yuck. Are you here today? And it begins to build and build and build. And it begins to reproduce in your life. And it begins to reproduce in your relationships. And it begins to reproduce, what, good things? No, bad things. Look, folks, we have to harness the imagination. We begin to, to cast down those things that are negative, And we need to lift up those things that are in accordance with the Word of God. The Word of God tells me I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. The Word of God tells me that I'm more than a conqueror through Him that loves me. The Word of God tells me many things. It says, by His stripes I am healed. You see? And many people need healing on the inside. You know, because of the things of the past. Did you ever notice that the devil wants to always stir up the things of the past? The negative things of the past? He wants to bring to your mind mistakes that you've made. Situations that you've gone through that have been negative. And the end result of all that is, you see... It's hopeless. Oh, but I tell you, my God gives hope. He gives us a future and a hope. David says, oh, keep this in the imagination of the hearts of your people. God says, get it in your imagination. Let righteousness conceive inside of you and produce something powerful. Turn in your Bibles to James this morning. Chapter 1. James chapter 1, verse 13. Let no man say when he's tempted, I'm tempted of God. For God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempteth he any man. But every man is tempted when he's drawn away of his own lust and enticed. Then when lust hath conceived, verse 15 now we're looking at, When lust hath conceived, it bringeth forth sin, and sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. It says lust produces sin, and sin produces death. So the lust is the evil desire, the evil imagery. That's why Jesus says, don't even look at, the, at a woman to commit adultery with her. It's not just the act. It's what's going on in the inside that matters. Because lust, and lust does not just deal with sexual matters. It's any evil desire, any evil thing to produce sin in your life. Lust produces sin. Sin produces death. So lust is a conceives. There is a conception of lust. You know, when someone ends up in sin, something's been going on on the inside first. Jesus said, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. Every evil thing comes out of the heart. This is why we're talking today about harnessing our imaginations for God. You know, you can be born again. And the devil can follow up your life with negative, evil imaginations. 
But right on the other hand, the Word of God has the power to produce righteousness. The Bible talks about the Word of righteousness. You know, he says everybody that's a babe is unskillful in the Word of righteousness. You know, we have to discipline ourselves to believe God's Word. When you keep talking about yourself as a hopeless sinner, you're disagreeing with God's Word. God's Word says that He's given you a gift. Are you here today? A gift of righteousness. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I need to feed that into my spirit. I need to feed that into my inner man. I need to let that Word renew my mind and renew my heart. And in the imagination of my heart, I need to see myself the way God sees me. I don't care if the devil likes it. I don't care... If other people don't like it, I am what God says I am. I am who he says I am. Because the word of God has the power to produce righteousness, and righteousness has the power to produce life. We're talking about harnessing your imagination for blessings. <laughs> the Bible said, we, first, the first message we share, uh, I set before you life and death, Blessing and cursing. Choose life that both thou and thy seed may live. Look, if you're not interested in having abundant life in your own self, what about your children? Your seed. If you choose life, the Bible said your seed will live. If you choose to think in line and let the imaginations of your heart be in line with God's word then His power will reproduce in you great and mighty things, not only in your life, but in your family. Choose life. You've got to choose life in here. Too often in, Christ, in the Christian world, we're always concerned only about the externals. How do I look when I go to church on Sunday morning? Do I have the right tie and you know, did my wife and I stop arguing soon enough before we got in the door? I tell you, God's interested in a 24-7 relationship. 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, He wants to be in your life, in your thoughts. He goes on to say here in James, Every good and every perfect gift comes from above and cometh down. See, this is what we're talking about is something that came down. And it comes down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variableness nor shadow of turning. This is something you can bank on. Of his own will begat he us with the word of truth. How did he begat us? What was the, what was the thing that produced life inside of us? That made us new creatures? His word. He begat us with the word of truth. How did your life ever change? Through the word of truth. How will it continue to change? Through the word of truth. Look at verse 21. Wherefore lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness and receive with meekness the engrafted word which is able to save your souls. See, we have to continue in the word. You know, 
People get the idea, well, that's just something that preachers say. You know, they say, oh, you've got to get in the Word. You need to have your Bible study. You need to do your little routine. No, this is your life. This is the life of your seed. Not this Bible, the book. The Holy Word of God. Receive the engrafted means grafted into you. He said, that's able to save your souls. That's not just talking about salvation, going to heaven. That's talking about saving your soul, your inner man, your inner being, your soul, is your, your mind, your emotions. There's no reason for us to live all tore up on the inside as Christians. Verse 7. Let the wicked forsake his way. Well, we've majored on that. Let the wicked forsake his actions. Quit the adultery. Quit the stealing. Quit this, quit that. He says, do that. Yeah, forsake that. But let's look what it says then. And the unrighteous man, his thoughts. Now he's really getting personal. Because you see, it's the thoughts that are going to produce that outward anyway. And God looks at the heart. He saw that the imagination of the hearts of the people was on evil continually. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts and let him return to the Lord and he will have mercy upon him and to our God for he will abundantly pardon. For my thoughts are not your thoughts. That's why a lot of religious thinking stinking, a lot of religious thinking stinks. Is because it's carnal. It's man-conceived ideas. And in order for us to get in line with God, we have to understand that He's in charge of the way we think. And this book is the rule and guide for our thinking and nothing else. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are my ways your ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. For as the rain cometh down, and the snow from heaven, and returneth not thither, but watereth the earth, and maketh it to bring forth in bud, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it will accomplish what I please, and it will prosper in the thing whereunto I sent it. He says, just like the rain comes down. Now, I know some of us feel like we've had enough rain. But thank God for the rain we've had this spring. Because I tell you, the stuff doesn't grow without rain. And our spiritual life will not grow without the word of God. It has to come down from heaven, be received in our heart, and produce fruit therein. So when we're talking about being transformed by the renewing of our mind, when we're talking about casting down imaginations, every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ, we're talking about serious business. We're talking about your future. We're talking about your seed. We're talking about this church. We're talking about this community. We're talking about the world. I say, Jesus is Lord. The kingdom of God is not food and drink, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. 
Jesus said, the kingdom of God cometh not with observation. The kingdom of God is within you. We're talking about things within you today. The kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. When He is King, we have righteousness. We have peace. We have joy in the Holy Ghost. When our imagination is harnessed and ruled by God, we have these things working in our lives. And that's God's goal for you. And that's His goal for me. Can I have an amen this morning? Are you getting anything out of this? Praise the Lord. Well, I think I said most of what I wanted to say. Praise the Lord. Susan says, that's good. Let me just close with this thought. Proverbs 23, 7 says, As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. How do you see yourself today? Do you see yourself the way God's word sees you? Or do you see yourself some other way? Do you see yourself as a hopeless sinner? Or do you see yourself as the righteousness of God? Do you see yourself as a failure? Or do you see yourself as a success? Do you see yourself cursed? Or do you see yourself blessed? Everybody say, I'm blessed of the Lord. Now, one thing that we need to do and say, the Lord's just bringing this to mind to me today. Because, you know, you can confess your righteous, confess your righteous, confess your righteous till you're blue in the face. But you need to get right with God. And he says, well, how do I do that? Just be good for a whole week? No, here's what the Bible says. Here's what the Bible says. That's what maybe we think. That's maybe what religious tradition says. Here's what the Bible says. How many want to know what the Bible says? If you confess your sin, He is faithful and just to forgive you your sin and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Hallelujah. When we lose our sense of unrighteousness, preacher got too loud. We need to confess our sin to the Lord. We need to confess, Lord, I've missed it. Because then he will cleanse us from how much unrighteousness? He will cleanse us of all unrighteousness and we can stand before the Lord blameless through the blood of Jesus. How many think the blood of Jesus has the power to do that? See, we need to agree with God's word and recognize the power of his righteousness in our lives. Can I have an amen today? We we pray and believe that this message has touched your heart and encouraged your life. Tom Shanklin Ministries is committed to reaching out to the world with the good news that Jesus saves, heals, and delivers. Thank you for joining your faith to ours for a mighty harvest of souls in these last days.